Howdy, and this time for once you're not welcome to the FPL Jingle. This is episode 12, but I'm not going to do my usual intro. You're not welcome. Uh, it's not going to be very fun. Uh, what do you think of that, Steve? Uh, Alright, bit of a bit of a curveball. Is this kind of a reaction to me asking you about the, the number 11 jerseys in the last episode? Are you, are you having a bit of a reaction now, are you? I mean, we can just continually try to make the worst intro possible. Uh, and see how see where it brings us. Maybe maybe we'll we'll find a new genre of. of well, I mean, of, of I wasn't trying to make a bad intro. I was trying to make a good intro, and then you made it bad. But you are actively making this bad now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think I think that's what some of the listeners would like. Well, that's what they say the pod is. Who? Oh, all the fans that rate and review and subscribe. <laughs> okay, you'll have to show me these ratings afterwards. Also, I'd appreciate it if you would address me by my correct title. Uh, what's that like? I don't know, loser back? Uh, no, uh, league leader of the FPL jingle for the 2021-22 season. For game week 15 alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you have, well, we'll see, for well, now. You have Connor Skeen coming up. So I wonder... No, I beat Connor Skeen. Oh, yeah. Who have you coming up? Steve. Oh yeah, oh, I saw that, yeah. Well, that'll be exciting. Hopefully I'll leapfrog the 2E then if you get a nice little draw. Nah, there's no way. I'm not doing draws anymore, and I've got two already. Yeah, yeah. it's worth a win then when you have the three. But, uh, yeah, we have a, we have a, an action-packed uh, episode to record here. We have uh, midweek games, we have uh, Europe coming up during the week that kind of impacts things. We have a look at your, the European week that we did in fantasy football. So these are the results from our own league in fantasy football. Steve, you took on Connor Skeen and beat him 47-31. I beat Andy Harrington 50-29. Cahill Connolly scored 58 to beat Connell McMullen's 54, which was the game of the week. Mitch beat Paddy Brennan 40-37, another very tight fixture. Mark Gary beat Mark Clausey 37-30. Then Owen Dillon and Ray drew 25-all. There was really a lot of great fixtures this week. Porrick scored 42 to beat Thomas Ivory's 34. John scored 49 in keeping with his high-scoring standards these days to go on a seven-win streak and beat Stephen Lyons, uh, dropping Steve down to second. And... Haig scored 40 to beat Gary Fowley, 32. So it was a fairly exciting week. Um, do you want to take us down through your matchup with Connor, Steve, to start with? Yeah, sure. So I had Ramsdale in goals, who obviously conceded the three against United, but he got uh, seven saves, so I got two clean sheet points out of it. Cancelo for two. Uh, Thiago Silva came in off uh, my bench for one because Reese James didn't play. Joel Matip for two, uh, Robertson for seven because of the two uh, assists, but he got a yellow card as well. Bowen for two, uh, Madison for seven, Rashford for five, uh, Salah for ten, Vardy for two, and Callum Wilson for six. So, mixed bag all altogether. Uh, I had Smith Rowe on my bench uh, for seven, which is a bit disappointing because I probably should have played him over Bowen, but I just thought because West Ham were playing Brighton, it would probably be a better fixture for Bowen. 
Um, but look, it was still enough to get the win anyway. Connor had Allison for two, Ben Davies for six, and <laughs> he got a he was involved in the the first goal for Spurs that ended up being an own goal. And I was like, when it first went in, I saw him celebrating. It's like, fuck it, he's gonna come back and beat me, isn't he? But uh, yeah, Rudiger for two, Tomiyasu for one. Wendia for two, Grealish for one, Pulisic for two, Sancho for two, Richarlison for five, came off his bench for him, Kane for two, and Wilson for six. So, yeah, he was a bit unlucky in certain instances. Like, I know in the uh, City-Villa game, we might touch on in a bit, Wendia played in a lovely pass at the end of the game to let play in one of the the youngsters for Villa, who really probably should have scored, made a two-all, and he would have got an assist out of it, but... Yeah, and I'm, that's that's unlucky. Kane has just been a terrible pick all season so far. Um, everyone would have backed a Chelsea clean sheet against Watford, but it just didn't happen. And uh, yeah, that's kind of it now. So that win has uh, brought me top of the table for the moment anyway, so I'm going to make the most of it while I can. Uh, yeah, I'm aware of that, uh, as you have done it so in the chat and in the pod. Um, and I hope you, you know, get scurvy. Well, that reminds me, I haven't said it in the Discord yet. I must do that after this. Just so everyone I'd knows. Rather, I'd rather you didn't. Ah, uh, uh, well, you don't get to decide these things. <laughs> uh, yeah, you touch on Kane there. He's returned once this season, as in he got a goal and an assist in one game uh, outside the Newcastle that. game. Yeah, he hasn't done anything at all. Um, so yeah, it's we'll, sad that we'll I can be... pinpoint exactly what game it was straight yeah. away. Like, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be touching on the Spurs game later. But yeah, Connor Connor's uh, team has been malfunctioning now for a long time. Um, I suppose he's Grealish there who is coming back from injury maybe Kane will start doing something Sancho as well might become something good we we should probably tell people that uh, Connor um, made a trade with Connell to uh, he gave Connell Madison and he got Buendia which has just turned out to be a terrible trade um, it was the, the worst like, possible timing yeah, yeah it was yeah. terrible it was one of those things where both both guys had their players for so long that they just kind of wanted a fresh start. But, like, Madison is miles better than Buendia, like, in terms of fantasy options. Like, I could so. see I could see the thinking with Villa getting a new manager and maybe, you know, you're saying Madison is what he is and Buendia might become something different. So I could see, like, why you might do it. Uh, it's just not worked out at all. Couldn't fall no, to there's a reason. There's a reason I held on to Madison and Sancho for so long, like, you know. Yeah. I don't know. I think I had dropped Madison... Last or last season or something, I traded him away. Actually, um, will, we, will we talk about your team? So on your matchup. Yeah, yeah let's go for it. Uh, uh, yeah, so I got I got a fifty to Andy Harrington's fifty nine. I was pleased that twenty nine. Oh yeah, twenty nine. Cheers. I was delighted that last week I got my useless low score, and then this week at my high score because I, at least I get one win out of the two sets of fixtures rather than using this fifty to lose to Steve last week. Uh, I had Eric Dyer for a clean sheet, I had Ruben Diaz for a goal, I had Havertz for an assist, Bernardo Silva for a goal, Ronaldo for two goals, and Son for a goal. Um, Mane did not in Jimenez, Gallagher and Gabriel and Allison all blanked. Um, nice, nice to see the team back in action. Um, Gallagher, you know, I've actually been looking into Palace and... and the prevailing opinion is that uh, James McArthur, despite he being 34, being injured, has absolutely fucked up Crystal Palace. Like that, they they don't have any balance anymore, and Conor Gallagher can't move as far forward. 
So, I'm, but yeah, that's it. Like Connor Gallagher doesn't track back, so it's up to the other midfield options to do that. And if they're not as good at it as MacArthur is, and yeah. just recycling possession, then they're obviously going to suffer. It's also you have to also say the Palace have been incredibly unlucky about conceding goals at the end of games, whether it's a, a lack of concentration from the players or tiredness. Uh, I don't know, but like you know, they they should have beat Arsenal. They drew. They should have drew, drawn this game with Leeds, and they give away a penalty in injury time. And there's others exa- examples of the, of something similar. Like so, yeah, t- ten set pieces um, this season they've conceded. Yeah, so, like there's there's a there's like there's positives and negatives to Palace. Like they're playing a nice style of football that's enjoyable to watch, but like they just need to. They've lost some of that uh, stability in terms of like defending set pieces and maybe shoring up the the defence towards the end of games. There's green shoots there anyways for, for Crystal Palace. Uh, Andy then got three returns in Pablo Fernandes, Bruno Fernandes and Ruben Diaz. He lost out on a double Chelsea clean sheet. Um, his forwards didn't do anything but they're not great stuff either. They're Sarah and Zaha and he two on his bench. So all in all, uh, you know, over over the two weeks, I'm happy to have gotten a good win over Andy. Um, and we we march on. Do we want to not talk about the standings and where everyone is in the table? On well, we can talk from second downwards. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Look, we'll talk about from second downwards. So obviously, well, Steve's in second on 31 points. You're in third on 31. Porrick's in fourth on thirty. John's in fifth on twenty-eight after his six-game win streak. Seven. Uh, seven now. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Jesus, that's some that's some going. He's breathing down our necks. I'm on five, which isn't too bad. Um, Mark is in seventh on twenty-seven, uh, trying to stay relevant. Uh, Paddy is in eighth with twenty-four, doing something similar. Uh, Cahill is in ninth on twenty-one. Connor Skeen's in tenth on nineteen. Mitchell's in eleventh on eighteen. Um, Mark Loss is in 12th on 18 Tyg is in 13th on 16 Thomas in 14th on 15 Owen in 15th on 13 Andy in 16th on 12 Gary in 17th with 6 and uh, Ray in 18th with 4 he got that uh, that, that draw to, to give him 25% of his overall points this season there won't be a cow Milton Leitrim this evening now after Ray Foley getting that draw over Former playoff uh, maker Owen Dillon from last season. Uh, yeah, well done to Ray there. Getting he's, he could be moving on up now soon. Um, yeah, Robin <laughs> There's nowhere to go but up on. <laughs> yeah, Robin Air's tight up there. Two points between first and fourth. Uh, then you have two boys two point two points behind that, and then Mark Gary is just another point behind. So like I, I, we say it every week, like it is so uh, Mark Gary's fucking relevant. tight. Uh, yeah, uh, not so much as Mitch. Fuck that guy. <laughs> um, so that's all the standings and all the magical stuff. From I will. This I will week. say just before we we move on to the next topic, having to listen to Connell this week was absolutely both hilarious and a nightmare because from the get go, it was on the the Cahill was on for a mad score in week. And he was just resigned himself to the loss. But then every single game, like something would happen, and you think, 
Well, maybe, but then something would happen. Something would happen for Cahill that he just stop again. So, like for example, during the Spurs game, he was thinking, "Geez, it'd be great if Son would do something here, get me back in contention." And then Son got a goal, and he's like, "Oh, brilliant!" And I say, "Yeah, but Regalon got the assist, and Cahill had Regalon, so it'd be like one step forward, two steps back." It was yeah. sure funny. And- yeah, it was a great, great week for that across the board because, as I say, they were all so tight. Like you know, Mitch there had you know just because he said his subs was able to beat Petty. Uh, the draw between Owen Dillon and Ray. Yeah, it was good. Good, uh, a classic weekend of fan tracks fantasy football. It's time for your fixtures roundup of game week fourteen in the Premier League. Newcastle and Norwich drew one all despite the Newcastle red. Leeds beat Crystal Palace one nil. Southampton also had a draw two two. Scoreless between Wolves and Burnley. Watford could have got a win over Chelsea but lost 2-1. West Ham and Brighton drew 1-1. Liverpool scored 4 in the Merseyside derby, 4-1. Man City beat Villa 2-1. Spurs beat Brentford in maybe their first convincing game of the season, 2-0. And Man United got the win over Arsenal, 3-2. Um, we have Villa and Chelsea here, those fixtures here first, but... I want to get stuck into the Man United Arsenal game first, Steve, if you don't mind, uh, because <laughs> there's, so, there's so much to talk about in that one. So we'll try. I think we should try to get over that one. Um, yeah. Um, so I suppose the yeah, like the, there's a it's the first goal is a corner into the into Man United's box, and as it's coming in, Fred stands on De Gea and injures him. De Gea goes down. The ref doesn't stop play. It's not a foul. And so Emil Smith Rowe sees a wide open net and hit, uh, hits it from outside the box. And you can see almost as he's hitting the shot, the ref puts the whistle to his lips, but then he doesn't blow. And so Smith Rowe hits the shot into the net, like. And so the and then the ref stops the game, and you're thinking, well, there's no reason that the goal isn't legal, like because there's nothing has happened. Like Fred has injured his own player. The ref hasn't stopped play. It wasn't a free kick. No one's offside. Like he had to give the goal, and he did begrudgingly. I think yeah. he realized his own mistake that he should have blown up earlier, but he didn't, and so the goal had to stand. One of it the most was, bizarre things I've strange. watched. Yeah, that's the word is bizarre. I was looking at it and I was like, because you see it happen, and you're like, your instinct is this is going to get chalked off. But then you think, and you're like, oh no, why would it be? Uh, I didn't think it would be chalked yeah. off at all. I mean, it's I, just I thought it would be instances. given. I thought it would be given purely out of bullshit, but there was no way that the refs could have defended themselves if they didn't allow it. Um, so yeah, and then obviously United came back into the game. Fred assisted Bruno for the f- uh, equaliser because he's like the fucking pantomime villain in this United team. Um, they then take the lead through uh, Rashford setting up Ronaldo for a nice finish. Uh, and then Arsenal hit back with almost a, a carbon copy um, goal uh, cross into the box. Odegaard um, hits it into the far corner. And then, then Odegaard as well, turning into the pantomime villain for Arsenal, just goes in and challenges Fred in the box for, for absolutely no need. like, And gives away a silly, silly penalty. Like, you know, it's it's the stuff we were used to seeing with, Xhaka and everything but you figured when he was injured that this wouldn't happen still but here we go so you know Ronaldo converted it and made it 3-2 and they held on for the win um yeah like United played a lot better uh than they have previously uh I think 
the fact that I think they knew beforehand that Carrick this was going to be his last game and maybe they kind of wanted to go out on a bit of a high with him and probably motivated them a little bit more than maybe they would have otherwise and yeah like Arsenal just were um, a little bit um, frail like uh, Tavares uh, tries to bomb forward and makes a pass to Odegaard that gets intercepted. Dallo plays a lovely ball into Rashford and then crosses it in for Ronaldo to make to to make, score their second. It was you could see it coming a mile away. Like um, Dallo, by the way, played much better uh, in the at right back than Wambasaka did. He was much more threatening going forward and like he did enough defensively and in a United side where they're going to dominate possession most of the games you do want your wing back to be more attacking so something to keep an eye on I think maybe in terms of fantasy yeah absolutely it's it's funny to see Fred get a little bit bit of form and 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 he seems to be part of the reason Man United is working but yeah two two different fullbacks are Man United Who? Fred did you just say Fred is part of the reason United is working Absolutely, yeah. Like, like Fred nah, has had Fred has I mean, had semi decent games recently, and Man United are winning. That's a low bar. I mean, and you're at United, like you can't be setting the bar that low just because you Fred. Had, no, like, but I'm saying, like, I don't think Fred's a good footballer. I've no, I would never say that. But he has played games reasonably well, and Man United have profited from it. Uh, I suppose, yeah. Um, the other yeah. thing to bear in mind is that United do have a really handy run of fixtures now. Um, so you're potentially looking to see what United defenders are around. Maybe <clears throat> if you have United forwards like I have Rashford, he'll be he'll be playing most of my games now. Um, and yeah. especially under Ranyak now, they'll be coming in and setting up the way they. It won't be. It won't be exactly the way he wants to play because he's obviously going to have to do a bit of transition. But you'll see glimpses of what he wants the team to do, and so that'll be interesting to see, especially for players like Sancho now. Yeah, certainly. I think all the decent... I was having a look on the waiver wire. I think all the decent men you want knighted forwards will have been snapped up. You don't want the Greenwoods, the Lingards or the Matas. Um, you'd lo- I, as a Ronaldo owner, I'd love to see them get a few more soft penalties. Um, which, yeah, and you know what? I nearly gave him away. I, I offered a trade for Lukaku to Mark, but he denied. So, Ooh, uh, yeah. Spicy. Would have been, would have been, and... Do you know what I'm so I'm so fickle that after Ronaldo scores two goals I'm like ooh I can't give him away now but I, I'll I'll give him a chance under Ralph I'm, two goals is enough for me to say screw all the logic I used to have he's now my number one starter yeah. um, the the last thing I might say before we move on to the next game um, is if you have Aubameyang I feel sorry for you <laughs> there was a moment where there's a cross into the box and I think it gets deflected or something anyway it winds up with Aubameyang. Uh, one-on-one with De Gea from the six-yard line and he hits it straight at De Gea and then like he would have been given offside by VAR eventually but Jesus you've got to at least put the ball in the net and ask the question mm. my god I'd rather play as Martinelli I'd rather play as Martinelli up top have Smith Rowe on one wing Saka on the other and maybe Odegaard or Lacazette or even play Lacazette up top Smith Rowe in the middle Martinelli out wide and give Aubameyang a rest for a couple of games and see how that goes because fuck me it can't be any worse uh, well, if he's if he's putting them wide a bit like Werner, is uh, you have to start thinking about something else. Chelsea went and bought Lukaku. Oh, nice there, transition. So. Yeah, sure, I meant that. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving yeah, you the benefit yeah, of the doubt yeah, there. You yeah. didn't have to oust yourself like that. But yeah, the next yeah. game we'll talk about is uh, Chelsea 2, Watford 1. I didn't see it live, but I caught the highlights. Um, from what I saw, 
Uh, Mason Mount being back in the team makes the absolute world of difference. Um, they seem to click a lot better. Um, they obviously conceded the goal to Dennis after they first scored from from Mount, but um, then Mount gets gets the assist for ZX goal and makes it two one. Um, yeah, there's there's a few injuries going on there, on though, isn't there? Yeah. So when I turned this game on, I was just like fucking very confused. There's, there's, it's, it's, it's a fantastic time to play against Chelsea right now, because they're missing their wing backs. Was we'll Chalaba's injured? Christensen's having a contract dispute. So Thiago. So is Sil- Rudiger. So is Rudiger, and Thiago Silva's thirty-seven. But you know, like any game he plays, he's great. But you, you would be inclined to think he needs a rest every now and again. So when I was watching the game, I was kind of saying, what, what good bit of Chelsea is left here? And. The three centre-backs, yeah, sound. But in general, the forwards struggle. No wing-backs and no midfield. Loftus-Cheek and Nigga starting was uh, not our stellar, you know, kante Jorginho pivot that we like to play. Well, so, what I would say is James is back. Uh, he's probably going to start at the weekend. Jorginho's back in training. He will start at the weekend. Lukaku is near and full fitness. Um, Tuchel wouldn't say for certain whether he's going to start, but I, I think he will start at the weekend. And like you've got Werner there already. Ziyech has hit a bit of form. Mount is back. I think there's like there's always going to be injury concerns, but I think Chelsea are set up to deal with those. Like yeah, you're missing Kante, you're missing Chalaba, uh, you're missing Kovacic, and you're missing Chilwell. But like you've got Marcus Alonso in there who can deputize really well, and at the start of the season was starting over Chilwell. Um, like you've got um Jorginho back. So, like, Loftus-Cheek isn't bad. Saul, I think, has been terrible so far this season. I wouldn't be surprised oh, if they cancelled his loan in January. Um, maybe central midfield is the area where they're a bit light, but the rest yeah. of it, I think, you're, I think you can manage. I think it's never in, there's never a good time to play Chelsea, but may, yeah. What I was really surprised by, I didn't know this, is Watford have so many big and physical players, and it was almost... The perfect storm that Chelsea kind of had no midfield and they were kind of stuck on the ball under pressure and Watford just go around and foul everyone and cause mayhem. Uh, it, it was, you know, the goals kind of came out of moments of brilliance from, you know, world-class players, but Chelsea had no build-up play. Like, they just kind of, the ball winged might land. It. Yeah, winged it. Like, when Ziyech came on for Chalaba, who got injured, he, his first three or four balls were terrible. But after that, like, he was just kind of, laying it off down the wing and hopefully Havertz would get on it and he'd be able to hold it up and run around and the Watford lads wouldn't be able to get it off him. But a few of the inexperienced Chelsea guys when they were under pressure, like it was I, I we were very lucky to come away with a win here. But, I think uh, if Watford play like that, they'll stay in the league. Um because like Arsenal had a tough time beating them, beat them only one nil. They obviously hammered United four one. They lost to Chelsea, obviously, in this game 2-1. But they've been competitive in all of those games. So I think if they can continue the way that they're playing, I think they'll get their results against the other teams and they'll stay in the league. And they are missing. They were missing Ismaili Sarr as well. Um, yeah. I, after watching this game, I, I'll be keeping a close eye. Like, Dennis, if I, if I had room for another De- forward, I'd be picking him straight up. De- Dennis like- is the only forward um, this season that has five, over five goals and five assists, apart from Salah. So he's basically Salah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. But obviously there's really leaky defence. So. Um, oh yeah. Well, in, you in wouldn't be going of, to Watford for defence. 
no, no. In terms of fantasy relevance, is there anything new to point out? We, we, although we might be looking at, at the Chelsea attack for the weekend ahead, although maybe not yeah, for this time. Well, I, nothing, yeah. I think nothing that we haven't already pointed out. Okay. Let's move on to the City-Villa game. So, uh, City also lucky to come away with a win. Yeah, um, Ruben Diaz with a lovely strike from outside the box. You're just wondering what the hell he was doing there in the first place. He was so high up in the pitch, like if Villa had countered or anything, he was in real trouble. He looked um, like he was aiming for the other side of the goals, I thought. He'll never, he'll it never like admit it. it. Yeah, yeah, he'll never admit it, but maybe. Um, but yeah, he got on the score sheet, and then they just did one of the best counter-attacking goals you'll see in a long time. Uh, playing it out from their own box. Mares is, is being pressed with two people inside his own box and has the awareness to get it out to the midfielder. I think Fernandinho, who plays a lovely over the uh, long ball, then to uh, Gabriel Jesus, who hits a, an early cross into the box and Bernardo Silva just takes it beautifully in stride, uh, volley into the far net. Um, it's almost like a goal you do in FIFA, but like you don't see it nowadays where you don't when you don't see an l1 triangle type goal not even that like but still uh jesus has the um he he gets the ball into the box early like he doesn't try and hold on to it and wait for the numbers he realizes that the 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 ball has to go now to give bilva any chance like otherwise the defender is going to be able to man mark him um and it was a lovely goal but Villa, uh, Villa were quite good in this game. They ha- they created a lot of they created good chances. Like I, I, I they obviously got the goal through uh, Watkins from a set piece from a corner. Um, but then, they, like I said, they had the the chance at the end where Buendia plays a lovely ball, cuts through the the city defense and plays in the Villa youngster one on one with Ederson. But he just hits it straight at Ederson and goes over for a corner. But like they really probably could have got a draw, maybe should have got a draw out of this game. So Villa are going really well. It's it's interesting to see now what kind of assets you might be looking at in terms of uh, defenders and maybe forwards. Not so much midfielders, although McGinn does pop up with a goal every now and then, but it's not consistent enough to 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 invest in really. But um, like if Watkins is a good investment to have, I think Danny Ings when he comes back will be right up Gerrard's uh, alley in terms of players that he wants um, Buendia looks like he's kind of getting into the thing is the thick of it now um, yeah like I think their their defence then they've always been good but like they, you hope that I think that they'll they'll get it together I think you're dead right yeah. when, when Villa play the poorer teams they'll, they'll, I think they'll be one of the you know not the best of the rest but they'll be upper mid table there um, like one of the fullbacks there, or if you already, if you had Watkins is obviously gone in all the leagues, but he he's he's a belter to have at the moment. Um, he so wasn't he, always though. Connell only picked him up like last week in his league. Oh, he was always gone in my league. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised because he's he's fairly consistent, is he not? Um, he hasn't really been this season, but you know, he's he's got, he's got his goal drought over now, so you hopefully he can kick on. Things are looking up. Uh, the Walker injury is kind of interesting. Like it might be worth picking up Zinchenko, although I don't think this is going to last very long. Laporte served a suspension, so Ake will be out of the team once more. Diaz seems to play every game. Um, Grealish back from injury. Foden like it doesn't get a game. Although he also had a bit of an injury. It'll be interesting I think to Foden monitor. Will start the next game. Yeah, interesting to monitor the rotation in the coming days. Uh, see if you can get a goal here or there. 
Uh, pepper lettuce just really it's it's all like there's a reason it's called that like it's just so hard to to predict like um Mares jesus sterling would normally be your starting front three but then you've got Grealish and foden and you know just there's so many options it's it's very hard absolutely yeah uh, i think that's all for the weekend yeah yeah we move on to uh the upcoming uh, games this weekend let's do that You're listening to the second week of the segment where we pick out three attacks and three defences that we like. And for the sake of uh, interest and conversation, we've decided to leave Chelsea, City and Liverpool out of this segment because basically they're the three attacks and three defences we like every week. Uh, so I think, I think that's, a, that's a bit more helpful in your, your fantasy endeavours. So, well, I mean, um, like if you if you've got like you're gonna you're already gonna have those big players, you know. So like being told that oh yeah, I'd start Salah this week, it's like oh yeah, no shit, man. Thanks for that. <laughs> Sound but pick, pick up Salah. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Like uh, the uh, the when he passes the note to the guy in class, and the guy turns like it's just something. It's like starts Salah. Uh, he turns around and like looks angry, like what the fuck? Of course. Yeah, that meme or yeah, the, the the note from the back of the class. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I, I think that makes for a better segment. Um, the three attacks we picked out so far, well, yeah, that we've just picked out are United Spurs and Arsenal. They face Crystal Palace, Norwich, and Everton, respectively. Will we and, run through the? We run through all the fixtures for the week, just so the people have. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll shoot down through them. We have. Yeah, so you have West Ham, Chelsea in the early game tomorrow, uh, on Saturday. Uh, Newcastle, Burnley, three o'clock. Wolves, Liverpool, three o'clock. Southampton, Brighton, three o'clock. Watford City is the half five game. Leeds Brentford is uh, two o'clock on Sunday. So is Watford. Sorry, Man United Palace and Spurs Norwich. And then you have a Sunday evening game. Then is Aston Villa Leicester. And then Monday night football is Everton Arsenal. So, and the three, the first of the three attacks we like to look of is United uh, going up against the Palace side who are conceding a fair few goals lately, especially from set pieces and late on in games like we were talking about before so especially with the the, the form they've got now two wins and a draw on their last three and considering they played arsenal and chelsea in that three um you know um you're thinking like united defenders maybe i probably wouldn't just yet but um like certainly your sancho's your rashford's uh bruno's ronaldo's um fred does Hmm. Hello, Fred. Fred. No, um, <laughs> I can't. Cut that out. Cut this bit out. Absolutely not. Uh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, like even I don't know. Does I don't know? Is Greenwood injured? Greenwood had COVID, so maybe when he's back, he's potentially an option as well. Like um, there's uh, <sighs> there's positivity going around United at the moment. They've got Ranyak in. And their fixtures look really nice going forward, so definitely something to consider. Yeah, if I was considering rotation, I'd be looking at Lingard and Martial, but probably not. Probably, I don't know if you have if you have space for someone who might not play. But yeah, your four men United forwards absolutely play them. Yeah, as, as we touched on earlier, Crystal Palace have lost McArthur, and they don't have a bit of solidity there in the midfield, and they're looking dodgy. Would I pick up a Man United defender? I probably well, there's a few defenses that we like there, and this isn't one of them, so not this week. Uh, give it a week to see how they settle because you have 
it's it's a new back line. You know, Maguire's back from his suspension, and then you have two new fullbacks. So yeah, they also did week. just concede two goals to Arsenal, albeit one was a bit of a fucking bizarro goal. Like so, they still have it in them, you know. Yeah, once De Gea doesn't, you know, fall on the ground and just not do goalkeeping, maybe they'll be good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, uh, the second defence that we like the look of is going to be Spurs, who are up against Norwich, who are one of the whipping boys of the league. Couldn't even win against Newcastle, despite them getting a red card in the eighth minute. So uh, the back line almost seems to be settled. I think there's one centre-back position up for grabs there between Tanganga and Sanchez. But then it's uh, Emerson, Royal, Dyer, Davies, and Reggian. And there might still be a few of them knocking around in leagues. So there might be something to pick up there. Uh, your thoughts, Steve? Uh, yeah, well, I mean, we're talking about attacks, not defences here. So uh, <laughs> I, might, I, might talk, I might talk about the Spurs attackers as the ones that are likely to make the returns as opposed to the defenders. Not that they can't return, but, uh, you know. Just because this is the part of the segment that we're actually talking about. Snappy, um, I'm on the defences already, Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're definitely not just not not all there. Um, yes, like, look, Kane's obviously been a bit of a disappointment. Uh, the way he's playing now, it seems like he's having to come deeper to receive the ball and get involved in the game. Um, but you think that as time goes on and players get used to the Conte system, there will definitely be more chances created for him. Uh, especially from the fullbacks, you'd imagine. Uh, Son got on the score sheet uh, against uh, Brentford. Um, you know, like Lucas Moura, maybe potential. No, well, no, they don't. He doesn't fit the system anymore, really. Well, the problem is Conte doesn't seem to rotate either. Like Moura starts every game. Does he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. Like Gill yeah, isn't in the game. Lo Celso, Lamella. Is Lamella still there? No, Lamella's at yeah. Sevilla now. Um, I thought, like, although you can be games. forgiven for thinking he was still there, like I think he's been, I think he was there for like a decade, and never really did anything. Um, he was got with bail money, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, he was. Um, actually, that to be fair to him, he got, I think he got goal of the season for his Rabona against Arsenal last year, and I think that's up for a Puskas. But um, in terms Beautiful. of helping out Spurs, let's, let's review that. No, we won't. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah, maybe yeah. There's, but like you do fancy them to to do something against the Norwich side who are who are struggling to get find any sort of form. Like they obviously got the win before um, Fark left, and then I think they got a win when uh, Smith took over after the international break. But like it's been a, it's been tough going, and it's I don't anticipate them getting much out of this game. Um, yeah, 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 I do fancy Spurs to, to score a few goals here. Can't argue with that. The only problem is the, that there isn't uh, that many attackers to pick up at Spurs. You you want Kane and you want Son, and after that, like I don't know who you pick up to be honest, because their midfielders aren't any good either. Uh, maybe even Dombele was playing, you might go for him, but I don't think he's ever even getting a game these days. But yeah, I can't, uh, I can't remember if he was injured or not. He might only be back from injury. Okay, okay, yeah, maybe monitor that because you don't really want Mora and you don't want any of the other mids. So um, Arsenal then are taking on Everton, who are having an absolute stinker. There's a lot of unrest in uh, at Everton's side, um, and yeah, even is... Ty Flynn's been able to get a win before Everton. So that tells you all you need to know. <laughs> Ty <laughs> Flynn, who got slammed on this podcast and hasn't recovered really. 
<laughs> probably, yeah, uh, probably more interesting here because there is Arsenal players to pick up. There's a lot of rotation. Yeah, like Martinelli has looked class um, since he came on as a sub for Saka in the last game. Um, Smith Rowe is obviously doing well. Uh, Saka's doing well. Uh, Odegaard isn't a bad option considering he's got a goal there midweek. He's probably likely to get the nod again this week. But I mean, I would nearly, I would nearly be considering Lacazette at striker at this stage, just because of Bamiyang's form seems to be so bad. Like, I know you, I know a striker, you have to play him into form. But I mean, Jesus has been so long now. Like, I don't think like people don't think that Werner's still gonna come good anymore. They just play him because he's good at he's pacey and he'll create chances. But like when Aubameyang's job is to stick the ball in the net and he's not able to do it, like you just start have to thinking of other alter- alternatives at some stage. So something to consider there. Um, like there are options around Arsenal. Like I think if you have, um, are looking at an Arsenal defender, maybe Nuno Tavares, just because. Um, and I was saying this last night. He just seems to be involved in the game the whole time. Like it's not even whether it's always good. Some of it is bad. But, like, he's just always involved. So, like, he's potentially an option of uh, going forward and creating chances. Um, but, yeah, it's just, it's an interesting one. Like, Everton are just so poor lately. You just, you do fancy an Arsenal win. But after that loss against United, you do wonder how they're going to rebound. Yeah, I'd, I'd, Everton are making a claim for whipping boys of the league now at the moment. And I, I do like the look of Arsenal. And I do like... I think you can try and predict a bit of rotation there. I don't think Pepe is getting the game. It was Saka a touch injured there. So, like, yeah, Martinelli or Odegaard might be decent options to pick up. Um, that'll be an interesting one for the weekend ahead. We we struggled to decide on the defences, Steve. I, I brought us true spurs there just to speed things along totally intentionally. <laughs> But uh, yeah, then uh, we had a bit of an argument over where the clean sheets were available. So we're, go- we're going to leave Chelsea, Liverpool and City out of the conversation once more. Uh, and we're going to look elsewhere around the league. Um, sure. So, yeah, the three games that I, I thought was interesting or were interesting. I think Burnley and like Burnley, Newcastle, Southampton, Brighton, Leeds, Brentford. Are those three nil nils? I mean... Like if you were to bet, if you had, if someone put a gun to my head and had to predict uh, predict results, there are clean sheets and there either nil nils or one nils. But um, are are any of them that certain that I would go and pick up a defender from? Maybe one or two, but not all of them. Like I think Newcastle. I don't know. See the thing is with Newcastle, they're so desperate for a win. I don't know <laughs> um, whether they're well, solid. We'd, we'd all like to win. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but like they're real, like they're the only team yeah. in in the English seven um, draws. Yeah, no, but I mean, like uh, in the Premier League Championship, League One and League Two, they're the only team without a win so far. Like that's how wow. bad it is for them. Um, so and like Burnley are always a tough side to to play against, but they also kind of you know have their own struggles in front of goal. But I just wouldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. Um. The one I like the look of is Brentford um, against the Leeds side, who they would have come up regularly against in the Championship, uh, who are out of form. Like I know they got the win against Palace, but that was a last-minute penalty from Rafinha. Um, they don't still don't have Bamford back yet. They're just they're just hanging in there at the moment, and I think Brentford would have enough to get a result there. Um, Keep them out. 
they're they're the ones they're they're the team I would be going for if I was if I was forced to pick one out of those out of those three. What do you what about you? I mean, I'd have slightly different opinions, but I wouldn't be able to say no. You're wrong. You know, like I like the look of Brighton, but then I saw they let up a load of very good chances against West Ham. If you asked me two years ago, I'd have been like, absolutely get a Burnley defender in, but they've not been as reliable. I find Leeds Brentford actually very hard to read because you know obviously Brentford came into the league with a very solid defense, but then it kind of got shaky. So if 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 I had to pick one team from each of these fixtures, I'd be picking a Burnley defender against Newcastle. I'd be picking a Brighton defender against Southampton, and I suppose a Brentford defender. Probably my most confidence would be in a Burnley defender, just because of how shit Newcastle are. Ah, uh, yeah, I don't know though. Um, like Brighton maybe more so than Brentford but I but I don't know because Southampton have been actually quite decent at home this season they typically do score goals at home so I don't really know if you'd go for Brentford there like either yeah. like I have I will get onto it in, later on but I have Robert Sanchez and I'm not sure if I'd start him or Ramsdale I'm probably going to start Ramsdale but like he you know I just don't know if I trust Brighton enough for that one um, yeah. it is tough. Like these are tough fixtures. But what I would say is, in elite, in in last week's fixtures, where everyone seemed to be scoring, we picked two of the three. Or sorry, out of our three three predictions, we got two clean sheets, as in Wolves and Spurs. So I was very happy with that. So so this you know. and this week we're just predicting one clean sheet basically in Spurs. None of the rest of them. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, but I I'm gonna, you know, no, I'm gonna stick my neck out in the line and say a Brentford clean sheet. Yeah, I, 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 I've picked the three away teams for clean sheets, and then you said Southampton are good at home, and now I'm like, oh yeah, fuck those are three away teams. So I'm not going to stick my neck out anywhere here. Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's that's those fixtures. Will we take a look at our own teams? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'll, I'll read us down through this week's fixtures in the Fantasy Football League and then we'll go through what we're doing with our own sides. Uh, the two Steves take each other on in a top-of-the-table clash. That'll be the fixture of the weekend. Connell takes Whoever on. wins, we lose. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a Steve at the top of the table either way, which is just kind of a sickener. Uh, Fuck Connell. you. <laughs> Connell's going to take on Owen. Connor Skihan versus Porrick. I'm going to take on Cahill. John will surely beat Andy Harrington. Mark Clahasy versus Tyg Flynn. Ray Foley and Porrick Sheehan will battle to decide who will be the winner in that particular fixture. Thomas is going to take on Mark Gary and Gary Fowley versus Mitchell Barr is the last game of the weekend. So yeah, top of the table clash there is going to be exciting, Steve. Have you much? I'm sure you do have a lot of preparation done. How, how's your side looking? Um, I mean, I don't. I, I'm fairly happy with my side, so I don't um, look. I'm not going to be making any waivers. I don't think I'm probably going to start Ramsdale against Everton. Although we just had a talk about Sanchez against Southampton, there I just don't think I like it. Reese James, I think, will be fit enough to start against West Ham, so he gets the nod for me. Cancelo against Watford, hopefully starts. Um, Matip and Robertson against Wolves, uh, I like the look of. I'm gone with Madison and Smith Rowe. As my midfielders playing Villa and Everton, and then I've gone with Salah, Rashford, Vardy, and Callum Wilson as my front four. Fairly happy with those. Salah is obviously like the best player in the world right now, so can't really say anything other than that. Um, Rashford got an assist. 
Uh, Vardy looks like he, I think Vardy might do something against Villa, and I, I'm hoping Callum Wilson does something against Burnley. Like I think this is like the fact that they drew against Norwich at home, which is probably one of the their biggest chances to win a game all season. Um, like they really, really need a win here. Um, and then and on my bench, I'll have Thiago Silva, who can who will come in for maybe Reese James if he doesn't play, or Cancelo or Matip if they don't play. Uh, Jared Bowen and Jaden Sancho. I'll probably give Sancho the nod at number two, and then Bowen three, just because they're playing Chelsea, and he's been he's a bit out of form lately. But uh, any uh, any comments? Yeah, I I think Arsenal are probably okay for a clean sheet at Everton. Um, I just I just really don't rate Everton at all. I think Cancelo's going to play because of that Walker kind of injury thing that's going on. Um, yeah, they maybe move him out to the right and play Zinchenko on the left. That's what they did in the last game, so they might they might do it again. Um, mm. Matip and Silva might be two that are subject to rotation, but yeah, you have Reese James there, and you have you have good subs to come in. Uh, who do Leicester have? Villa. Yeah, he's, oh, so Villa. You, you you have Madison and Verdi again up against Villa. Uh, not the best fixture in the world, but two of the best players going. So, be happy uh, Madison that. has. Like two, what is it? Two goals in his last two games, and he had two assists, and not not the game just gone the week before that. So like he's in he's in a bit of form, and then Vardy yeah. as well had two goals against Watford in that he's, game. He, so like he has a great free kick as well. So Vardy as well really should have scored first um, against Southampton. Uh, Southampton made a mishap at the back and played in Vardy, and he was one on one with the keeper, and he blasted it over the bar. And I still don't know how he did it because you would have put your fucking house on him scoring. But yeah, he didn't. So yeah, that's 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 football. How's uh, your team looking against the going against the mighty mighty Cahill Connolly? It's a it's a fearsome yeah, matchup. It, it will be because Cahill's scoring very well these days. Uh, so I've I've Allison in goals. I'm confident of a clean sheet. Against I wasn't Wolves. being sarcastic there. I was being dead serious. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kind of worried. <laughs> uh, I'll play Dyer against Norwich. I'll give Gabriel the game against Everton as well. And I probably should have mentioned Arsenal in the clean sheet segment. I think they'll be okay. I have a double city defence in Laporte Diaz versus Watford. Uh, Laporte will be back after his suspension. Then I have Bernardo Silva, Connor Gallagher. Probably won't play, actually. Bernardo Silva and Kai Havertz in midfield. Uh, then Ronaldo, Mane and Son up top. Jimenez, Jimenez is subject to potentially being dropped. Uh, he has Liverpool. He'll sit on the bench. Uh, Cresswell might also get dropped because, you know, West Ham have Chelsea and he's got that slight back injury. And I'm not particularly fond of their fixtures coming up anyway. So a uh, little bit of a question mark around my midfield there. Gallagher I'd prefer to see on the bench. Uh, like, you know, given the game against Man United won't be particularly good. Um, so a little bit of work to do, to be honest. There, um, I don't know what you have against Paolo Fernandes. Like he got an assist in the last game, and he's looked decent for West Ham. It's just a gut feeling. <laughs> but you were wrong. Like you were like, wrong about him last it's week. Like, it's like Tielemans for Leicester. Do you know, when you, I've just—he's one of those players who like gets a few returns, and then I'm like, "Fuck it, are they going to keep that up?" I, I don't know. I just have well, that it depends. Feeling. If Cresswell isn't back, he'll be taking the corners and stuff as well. So that's an extra opportunity for him to to do something potentially. That's how because West Ham assist. West Ham love set pieces. Yeah, yeah, they're well organized. I, I I'm not going to start him against Chelsea though, even though I have. I've... Fuck it, you're talking me into it now because I don't think Chelsea are going to keep a clean sheet against West Ham. 
and the devil on the shoulder on yeah and and as i say at the moment it's a really the watford game was a perfect storm but i think at the moment it's a great time to play chelsea so i don't know you you might have talked me into starting four nails there but i have a sneaky transaction or two that i'm going to keep to myself (laughs) okay well i mean you've kind of given an idea you've kind of given an idea of where those transactions might be so Hmm. But yeah, um Akaha is going to be a tough game. I know he is. I've, I, I think uh, I'll be I'll be delighted if I come away with a win out of this one now. Um, yeah, just just a little side note, maybe before we finish up, I was just looking at my team here. I have Salah has scored a hundred and six points, and then the nearest player after that is Joe Joe Cancelo with seventy. That just shows how flipping dominant Salah has been this season. Like he's unbelievable. Yeah, it was. Uh, Listening to a few pods today, and then uh, I heard a kind of good analogy that uh, he is probably better than Henri was at the moment. Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know, and I think I so. Know. Like it's been so fucking ridiculous now for like, I don't know, I don't know, thirteen, fourteen weeks, uh, and like oh, when you're watching, <sighs> we'll, we'll, like it's we'll just, see. I I hope his form does continue, but I mean, uh, prime up better than prime Henri, like I just. Oof, I don't know. You're talking to an Arsenal fan here, on so I'm gonna. I will be biased. Like I can't. I can't lie. But Jesus, I, it's it's yeah. so regular. Like it. He, has he has he returned every game week? Uh, no. The, he's had a blank maybe like once or twice. But I mean, like Jesus, like like nearly every time. If he hasn't got a goal, he's at least got an assist. You know. It'll be you know if 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 he keeps this up, it, it's the best season anyone's ever had. I presume. If if he continues this this form, so well, I don't know we, if he'll be Messi's thing of like what is it oh, like well, ninety in goals League. in a calendar in a, oh in the Premier League. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you were saying like ever, ever, but yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, will we uh, will we will we finish up? We've rambled on for long. Yeah, enough. we could we could do a whole pod on Salah if we wanted to. Yeah, we'll finish up. Uh, yeah, double, double game week. I think we got through it okay, Steve. It was a little extra potting for us, but uh, went okay. Oh well, I mean, I don't know about you, Owen, but I enjoy making the podcast, so it's a, it's not a it's not a burden to me like it might be for you. It drains me. This is like you know, this is like studying Irish in school for me. I need to get a new co-host. I need to get a better Steve. <laughs> you need to get a better like you like an Irish. You need to get a better teacher. There we go. That's one for the kids. Get a better teacher. Um, let's wrap it up uh, if you want to get in touch with us you can do so at the Discord which we've done a little bit of work on you can now like uh, get a notification for when an episode goes up it'll be put on Twitter and you'll get a notification and it all works through the magic of the internet uh, that's in the podcast description you can also see our Twitter which is at the FPL Jingle and you can see the league itself there's a link to the league that you can see the standings and the teams and stuff um, those three are in the podcast description Stephen, just wrap it up there for us. Um, love the fact that there's been football all week long. Just something to watch every single day has been brilliant. So uh, long may it continue. <laughs>